procurement officers get a reputation for sort of being very rigid. But I think the last year and a half proved that we're not at all. The procurement community is incredibly flexible. the Supply Chain Ambassador Podcast. I'm your host, Bruno, helping you navigate the world of supply chain in a fun and engaging way. On today's podcast, I want to learn more about what Federal Public Service is doing to achieve socioeconomic benefits in its federal procurement. Helping me to understand that is Michelle Mascal. Michelle is the Executive Director in the Strategic Policy Sector of the Public Services and Procurement Canada's Acquisition Program, where she leads policy work around social, green, accessible, and Indigenous procurement. Since 2006, Michelle has built her career in the Canadian federal procurement, holding increasingly senior positions in the field. Professional achievements include key files related to construction around Parliament, the Joint Support Ship Project of the Government of Canada's National Shipbuilding Strategy, and leading people management initiatives to support procurement professionals within the acquisition program. Michelle is committed to diversity and inclusion within the federal government and across its supplier community. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, how are you? I'm doing very well. I'm very excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Can you describe your journey and how you got to your current role? I think my journey in government, at least, was pretty um, unconventional. I can say that I'm originally from Mississauga, so it's, you know, a region. And I knew pretty young that I wanted to be a public servant, that I wanted to move to Ottawa. And so, you know, living in a region, it's not one of those things that usually happens. And it was really by accident that I discovered the intern officer program at what's now Public Services and Procurement Canada. That was probably like a game changer in terms of like my career journey. Because when I found procurement, I think I found my niche. It is absolutely something that I adore. I've been in procurement for a number of years. And no matter sort of how I move around in sort of different areas, I work the tri- the C- the trade tribunal for a bit, um, or in different regions or in different branches within PSPC, I've always sort of stuck to procurement. And so as an executive, my decisions about sort of, you know, career path have also sort of kept me in procurement as well. So all of that, uh, especially with COVID last year, things were really busy. And when the opportunity to sort of move to the, the strategic policy sector and lead the work around social, indigenous, complex policy and other things came up, I couldn't say no. That was it. It's just this journey of starting as an IO and here I am. Wow. The IO program is, is very pivotal. I applied and I was selected. At that point, I already was very entrenched in the position that I was, in the particular position I was. So I, I decided to not take advantage of the program, but I know it's a very great program. And um, I anyway, just wanted to say that. <laughs> Why is the I work- I really encourage everyone to apply. Every year when it comes out, if they are interested in careers in procurement, this is like my shameless plug. Uh, definitely apply for the program. It is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it is. Uh, why is the work you do so important? 
the work that I do specifically around sort of like policy, um, you know, especially like re-procurement, social, indigenous, is so important because it's laying the framework and the foundation to leverage procurement to benefit Canada and Canadians. And this is allowing us to be very deliberate in supporting the government's socioeconomic objectives. So the work that we do in the strategic policy sector supports uh, pursuing economic empowerment for specific communities, such as Black entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs, and other and other groups. It also supports increasing diversity in procurement, which is part of our current minister's mandate, as well as just in general, increasing the diversity of bidders on government contracts. So we play a key role in establishing the policy basis that helps us to support the government of Canada's economic recovery goals. So really, it's about enabling the government to achieve its objectives. And procurement is one of those sort of enabling functions and that's very key in government operations. What are some misconceptions about the work that you do? If I look at specifically the work that we do to diversify bidders on government contracts, there's been this misconception that we've seen that in sort of boosting or supporting one group that we're discriminating against all other groups who would then not be eligible to bid on that contract. And in reality, the diversification of bidders doesn't actually discriminate against other groups. It, what we're trying to do is level the playing field for all bidders. And the reason we're leveling the playing field is that we know there are systemic barriers that are faced by certain groups. So our suppliers are not a homogeneous group and we can't view them as such. And so we're working to address those systemic barriers through sort of policies and different programs so that our bidders on federal contracts at PSPC as a start at least, represents the Canadian population. So that's also, you know, through social procurement, it's making, you know, with announcements and moves that we're doing in Indigenous procurement um, to make sure that procurement is reflective of the Canadian landscape. What are some challenges that you have faced achieving these social economic benefits in federal procurement and how have you overcome these challenges? I would say the biggest challenge is changing mindsets. So I think we all know that status quo is comfortable. And I, I, I know that procurement officers are incredibly busy and it's, it's entirely comfortable. We're familiar with it. It makes everything easy. And with a lot of the initiatives that my team is working on, what we're going to do is ask people to change their approach to how they plan and execute procurement. Now, I don't think it's an insurmountable challenge. Um, I think we're very fortunate that we're seeing a lot of interest in social procurement, both inside and outside of government. So communication and education are going to be really key in helping us sort of achieve the objective and you know overcoming the challenge of changing mindsets. Another big piece about changing mindsets is leveraging those who are actually excited about social procurement so they can act as change agents. Change management is going to be so critical and it's really important that we make people feel like we're bringing them along as part of that journey rather than imposing social procurement on them. So that way, it's sort of this overall gradual change that people are getting used to and it's not so shocking. One of the things that people don't realize is that we've probably been doing social procurement in sort of little small ways for a number of years. And so now what we're trying to do really is formalize what's already being done and helping people to recognize what they already have been doing. Now, the second probably other challenge we have, I would say, is implementing and developing the policy and program is going to be, it's going to be interesting. The team is going to need to figure out how to make social procurement work at the context of the trade agreement. Like everything else, it's not impossible. 
And I have this amazing like manager and teams of like analysts that are doing a lot of research to make sure that we can establish a policy and program that works in the legal and regulatory framework that exists for procurement. And so we want to make sure that whatever we'd end up, whatever we land on is basically like ironclad. So again, like I'm in, I'm really fortunate to have one to work for a great department that's committed to actually implementing social procurement, but also having a fantastic team around me that's doing a lot of work to lay the groundwork for it so that this will be something that can exist five, 10, 15 years from now. Wow. How have you adapted to the changing landscape that is procurement? I think it's pretty much what we're doing right now with social procurement. I think it's keeping that open mind. It's recognizing that the world continues to change. And as such, the expectation of Canadians and the expectation of like industry continues to change with it. For me, just remembering that everything is not static has been really important for me in being able to sort of roll with things as new priorities come through and being able to adapt to them. And so just not being too fixed in my mindset, and that really comes back to the idea of mindset of not getting stuck in one particular thing. And so when, for me, I tend to focus on like, what are our overall objectives and what are we trying to do for the country, for our government, for our people? And I see now that Canadians are expecting and demanding a bit of a change in the way that we operate because also they're changing the way that they consume. So if we look at the factors that sort of impact their decision-making, those choices are changing. And as a result, the way we procure has to change too. So I think if we just sort of accept the reality that the world is continually changing, everything just becomes easier as we sort of just roll with it and go along with it. Yeah, it is great. Uh, I'm very excited to live in a time where People are demanding change, positive changes in their life and their communities. But like you said, it's about the mindset and changing her, the way we think about things and, and, and coming up with new approaches. So I definitely uh, love what you said. To add one quick thing, if we look at the sort of the last year and a half, and it's been unprecedented times, just to use that expression. And I think that People should never underestimate their ability to adapt to change. Because I think a lot of us went from sort of being very like, you know, working in the office all the time to now being able to sort of quickly pivot. And if we look at sort of the procurement community in the government of Canada, we all pretty much changed on a dime, like almost overnight. And if that doesn't speak to our ability to adapt, I really don't know what is. And so I think, you know, often procurement officers get a reputation for sort of being very rigid. But I think the last year and a half proved that we're not at all. The procurement community is incredibly flexible. So I'm, I'm very excited about what's to come because I think we've proven who we are and how great we can be. Wow. What is one thing you enjoy about your work in procurement? I will, okay, so when I joined procurement like years ago, I had no idea what it is. You know, you apply for a job, I'm like, yeah, it sounds good. And here I am all these years later. And what I love about procurement is the fact that one, there are so many different areas. Like there's, you could be in procurement for 30, 40 years, and there's no obligation to continue to do the same thing every day because it is such a varied field. And then you couple that with the fact that procurement is so key in what the government of Canada does that I like. I love the fact that I can say that like I'm involved in keeping government operations going. And I think a lot of people don't realize that we spend like upwards of $20 billion every year in government contracts. And that's huge. 
And so I, I really love being part of that community that basically like is the engine behind government. Wow. And it's also cool to say, you know, I spend money for a living. Not so much anymore, <laughs> but you know, I buy things. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a fantastic shopper. <laughs> <laughs> what are some cool initiatives that you're currently working on? So outside of social, like I, my team does a lot of work around like green procurement, indigenous procurement, accessible procurement, as well as the complex policy, procurement policy work at PSPC. And we're actually doing a lot of really exciting things. Like for example, now under complex policy, uh, the Treasury Board of Canada recently re released the directive on the management of procurement. And so my complex policy team is going to be leading the work for implementing that within PSPC. And the new directive is really amazing because it introduces so much flexibility into procurement. So I'm really excited about sort of translating that into something for PSPC that will be able to allow us to introduce a bit more flexibility into the way that we do things and move our procurement a bit more, you know, into a bit more strategic mindset. Mm. Um, we're also doing work in the area of Indigenous procurement. And uh, my team is working with Indigenous Services Canada and the Treasury Board of Canada Secretariat on a transformative Indigenous procurement policy and on strategies to implement a 5% target, target for Indigenous procurement. And what that's aiming to do is to ensure that at least 5% of federal, the value of federal contracts are awarded to Indigenous businesses, which is a key part of the government's reconciliation commitments, as well as something we should just do. So, you know, it's a very whole approach that starts with like a lot of meaningful engagement with our Indigenous partners, our modern treaty rights holders, and it goes right down to developing sort of guidance, training and tools uh, for the procurement community so that we can support the government in achieving this objective. In terms of accessible procurement, which is another fun area, a couple of years ago, the Accessible Canada Act required us to give consideration to accessibility and procurement. And so as part of my team, we have the Accessible uh, Procurement Resource Center, and they do a lot of amazing work with the procurement community in helping them sort of incorporate procurement uh, accessibility considerations into procurement. And a lot of the training they do is really, and I, I say this a lot, is about sort of changing the mindset so people like think about things being by default so that procurement is inclusive for all Canadians. And so we're doing a lot of work to sort of modernize the tools and engage with industry and understand their needs. That's sort of one, another sort of cool initiative we're working on too. And then green procurement isn't necessarily one of the newer ones, but it's been around for a bit longer, but we're still doing so much work on like sustainability. So we're working really hard to support the development of a federal policy on green procurement or rather initiatives to support the policy on green procurement. So we're working to sort of incorporate like environmental criteria and procurement tools. We're looking at clean technology, um, procurement opportunities for the government. So how can we start buying more clean tech and supporting those industries? We're working to measure and have sort of methodologies to reduce embodied carbon in our departmental procurements. So we're looking at sort of reducing, like how can we leverage procurement to reduce waste, to encourage suppliers to use more sustainable or durable packaging and just sort of change things towards just being more green. So the team, uh, they're the warriors really, um, are doing fantastic work in supporting PSPC and acquisitions program in, um, in the work we do around green procurement. So a lot of that fun stuff is what's currently happening. And a lot of that work is in support of our minister's mandate commitment. So the policy basis to make all of this stuff happen is what my team is working on. And I have such an amazing team. So I'm really, I'm really honored um, to one, have great leadership and have a great team with me as well. 
Wow, <laughs> that's quite the tall order of of activities you're engaged in. Jeez. Uh, I'm just curious for myself, going back to social procurement, what can we expect? So, yeah, so the policy, um, which was sort of, you know, released in May, is going to sort of establish the policy basis for social procurement. And what we're working on now is a few programs on social procurement. So there's, you know, the overall like, a program for Black businesses, a set-aside program from the trade agreements, just a broader program on social procurement. And so those are all things that we're working on right now. And in the coming months, four weeks, uh, we're going to begin sort of engagement with industry and the various communities, uh, procurement communities, social communities, to sort of get their feedback on our approach. So this will include sort of doing requests for information uh, for different businesses, different business groups to understand sort of their needs. So the next couple of months is really going to be about like taking social procurement, implementing it within PSPC, and also sort of engaging with other government departments to see sort of what their area of interest is, how we can support them. Wow, fantastic. I would love to know more information. Where can listeners go to find more information? So we're working on our web presence right now. So I'd say as part of the, the engagement that we have in the coming months, we're also going to be working on our, our internal and external sort of web presence. So very soon we'll be able to announce something on GCpedia. And in the coming months as well, PSPC will launch sort of the social procurement page on our, on our Better Buying website. So it's not quite up there now, but in the coming months, it should be up there for our web presence as well. As you know, and on top of that, people can always reach out to me if they ever have questions. We have, you know, we have an interdepartmental working group we're setting up. So all of that will come together very shortly. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Any call to actions for our listeners? I would say people should start thinking about best value and what it truly means. And one of the things that I've sort of been seized with recently is that best value really is beyond lowest price. I know that we're kind of used to like, you know, lowest price, bottom dollar, but sometimes... You know, that applies in some cases, but we have to kind of look beyond that. And I think we have to kind of start looking like I want, you know, procurement communities start looking at like how can what we do be used to benefit Canada and all Canadians? And so in other words, like how can we start to quantify the benefit of government contracts like outside of just dollar value? And as something really simple, I'd kind of implore your listeners um, who are procurement specialists start asking themselves like what their contract means for Canadians. And so if someone awards a contract for widgets, like, is that going to be creating jobs? Is that going to be feeding a family? Um, and so just, you know, start putting thought to what that means. And I think that'll be part of the conversation that's needed to have around changing our perception on best value and really looking at sort of like, how do we get that return on, on the investment of government contracts into Canadian communities? Wow. And that's it. Wow, that's fantastic. Well, for all the questions that I had for today, and I will end off uh, today's podcast with the quote of the day, which is by Mahatma Gandhi. I think we all know who that is, the uh, famous political ethicist who once said, our ability to reach unity and diversity will be the beauty and the test of our civilization. I thought that was just you know, a great quote to end things off and just to remind us that there is great value in our diversity. So once again, <laughs> thank you, Michelle, for really taking the time to sit with me and to do this podcast. Uh, it's been an absolute blast. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And uh, hopefully we can touch base in like a year or so to sort of see where things are going about other initiatives. Let's do this again. Yeah. <laughs>
Sounds like a plan. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to. <laughs>